Do you want to feel happier? Do you want to feel more radiant and more alive? Or to go beyond alive and truly feel like you are thriving? That's what I'm here for. Helping you find that best you that you know is in there. It is. And you can start accessing that you today. It's possible. If you're ready for a shortcut to just that, let's work together. Reach out and let's work one-on-one to transform you and your life into happy, into thriving. Reach out to me and book a quick call. It's in the show notes and let's get you there. Are you really committed and ready? Then let's do it. Personally, I'm the happiest I've ever been thanks to all the practices that I've made a part of my life. You can be too. It is here for you. I promise. You can also access my course, The Youthfulness Hack, which is all about feeling good and getting radiant and all the things I do concentrated in one spot. Go there today and use code AMY15 for 15% off right now, only for listeners of this show. And if you are truly ready to have accountability and live happy, book a call with me today. The world needs your best. You deserve your best. Actually, you have. Uh-huh. I was gonna say you're really good at like going with the moment, so mm. I can tell. Uh, okay, let's see if I can remember how to do this. It's been a couple weeks, and now I'm in a new place. <laughs> this is the pressure. Hello, and welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards, and I'm in a new spot. It is the prototype of the spot, so I am really excited because you're gonna get to see it develop over the coming weeks and turn into my new studio. And because I have moved. So I've been just a little all over the place, but I'm so excited to be back here recording my happy place with an awesome guest again, of course. And how are you? I hope you're doing great. So grateful that you're here and I'm grateful to be here and ready to get started. So I'm trying to think if there's any business, you know, the huge newsletter, stuff like that. So thank you for being here. So let's get started and welcome today's guest, Jordan Bowditch. Jordan, welcome. Jordan is a men's intimacy and confidence coach, and you inspire higher truths through humor and radical authenticity, leading men and women through playfully transformative experiences. Mm. How was that? That was perfect. (laughs) Well, I wrote it down, so (laughs) I was hoping it would be. I don't like to make mistakes there. And um, I am really thrilled that you said yes today, because I know you've been traveling a lot. You've had a lot going on in your life. Mm. And juggling everything in your life and with work. And so thank you for coming in in person today, even. So I'm excited to talk about some transformation because I am all about transforming our life to be the best version of ourselves at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that caught my eye was you talk about superior men and being a superior man. And Mm -hmm. I was just listening to, have you listened to, um, it's called, the courage to be disliked. That sounds familiar. It's, I think it's fairly recent. Um, and it's a Japanese book, but there's some things in there about superiority and inferiority. And Mm -hmm. I think that the way you're using that word can be misread. Sure. So I wanted you to clarify like what that is Mm -hmm. to you and how it translates to women too, or just a human. Yeah. Really? Yes. So, uh, 
And so welcome, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, hi, hello, how are you? It's me. Uh, so yeah, that it's funny that you, superior, inferior, that word, the connotation, all of it is definitely like, ooh, there's something there that feels a little dualistic in a way that maybe is condescending. And yet, and it also even makes me think of dominance and submission. Maybe we'll right? get into some BDSM okay. and kinky stuff later. Yeah. Uh, where there's just a different, in a certain context, it can have a different connotation and meaning and feeling around it. So superior man, I didn't come up with this concept. It's most uh, well known and spoken to and about from David Data and Way of the Superior Man. Oh. And so that's where I'm pulling that from. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like the (laughs) Bible of sorts that I recommend men read. Uh, And there's plenty of others, but it's just one that I think is such an important foundation for men when they're oftentimes early-ish on the path of um, their personal legend being the best man that they can be. And so to me, a superior man is... Somebody who is recognizes that they want to be an amazing man. They want to, uh, oftentimes as a part of that, I think the righteous path has one partner, has a wife eventually. That might be a little controversial to say to some people. That's just my conviction and belief. Uh, and being a father. I also think that's um, a part of like a, a deeply spiritual path. It, it can be one of the core components of it. And so the word superior is just, I'm looking to something that is so much bigger and beyond me and that is deeply uh, important and so superior kind of like has that sincerity behind it for me it packs that kind of punch superior has that sincerity behind it but it's not about being better than someone no. else right? yeah it's not comparing i wouldn't say would it be comparing in any way like comparing to a past version of yourself or comparing that's a great way to look at it yeah mm-hmm. like, do you do that i would say for sure it's do uh, you? a perpetual comparison I'm on the fence because I also want to give that past version of myself so much compassion, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. I was doing the best I could at that moment. I mean, and sometimes I'm like, was I? And then I want to beat myself up and yep. then I want to be better. I think I like when I talk about being the best version of ourselves, sometimes I get a little, I don't know if it's the older I get or what, but I get a little bit like, ah, you know, I don't want to condemn the past me in any way. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of being the best version of me, which is kind of a paradox. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'd say I'm pretty good nowadays about not condemning a previous version of myself. And I've gotten a bit of a a crash course in the past few years in that regard, I would say, as I've become a husband and on the path to becoming a father and, uh, in the age of like COVID and the craziness of the world, I had a cancel culture experience. that was very much an ego death and scary. And I felt like I was, a pretend adult in some ways. And that, why? Um, because, what does that mean? And what happened? So when you said the courage to be disliked, the courage to be disliked, that yeah, hit yeah, yeah. Home for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a previous version of myself, and even still today, to be fair. Okay. Uh, if they were all rattling around in there, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we let them go. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I would say I've had. Uh, an addiction, I guess. I don't even, I don't like that word all that much, but it feels mostly appropriate in this context. I know plenty about that word, yeah, okay. <laughs> an addiction to being liked by everyone. Oh, I think so many people can relate to yes. this. Yeah. And so in some ways, my worst nightmare was, and even still is, to not be liked by someone, let alone many people. Yeah. And so a lot of my 
not only public persona online presence and all that, but just in my relationships, I really pride myself in being very likable, being uh, a super connector of sorts. I believe it's a, a superpower you have I a, have. Yeah, you're very likable. Thank yeah, and, mm-hmm. and come across that way. And the shadow to that can be desperation in that regard. Mm-hmm. And, and another way to say it and look at it is, am I willing to not be liked by some or maybe even many in favor of being loved by few and the few that matter most. And so that was a big lesson in that season is all these fucking faceless Facebookers, funny enough, uh, are like talking bad about me or, you know, sharing my post and talking about how I'm this disgusting human being and all this. And I'm like, and as this was unfolding, I was just like, oh no, what is this going to mean for my life? All these people hate me. And it, it was necessary medicine for me for sure. What happened? How did you feel? Well, kind How of nothing. You take your <laughs> Isn't that the thing though? Like yes. really like, is your life any different than it was yesterday? And the short like, answer is no. <laughs> it's really not. But you know, it's all, the mind. it's all like here. That's yeah. kind of what the book is about um, too. It's a lot of, it reminds me of Byron Katie's work mm-hmm. where it's our thoughts about whatever it is that are really impacting us the most, yep. you know? And like, we're assuming, you're assuming too that people don't like you a lot of times or yeah. I am. And we don't know, like, and why am I spinning my wheels about that? Yep. Well, so how have you grown from like that situation and mm-hmm. what's been your outcome about that addiction or, or predisposition? Yeah. So... There's so many layers and components to this. The quick backstory, it was, this was the end of 2020. And I talked about my, my beliefs and personal experience with COVID. Oh shit. Very polarizing. Nothing will get people going more than that. (laughs) And, and I, I made a, call it a bold proclamation, uh, that started with, I survived COVID and it was Mm -hmm. a post on Facebook and on Instagram too. And I've looked at it here, like every once in a while, I'll like revisit it. And while I still stand behind the sentiment and the words, I also look at that version of myself. I'm like, mm, there was a lot of uh, misguided pride and uh, immaturity and like an egoic. Um, there was a part of me that, well, here's where it really gets funny. I've always wanted to be famous. I'm me just going to go ahead and own that. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm a ham. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm known as that in my family. Okay. I'm the guy who performs and wants to make people laugh and will do mm-hmm. edgy things. Like I used to do these uh, live videos on airplanes uh-huh. uh, where I would publicly proclaim my love for my wife. Oh, I think I've like seen sing. you do. I've yes. seen that. I've seen that. I have dozens of them. I, I did didn't like, know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd so bring my, my 70-pound blue nose pit bull on the plane <laughs> with me. And so that's just like a very – I wear ridiculous loud clothes, you know, tie-dye stuff. I did uh, – I shared gratitude in the cockpit with pilots on Thanksgiving with my pit bull. Oh, my God. I have like coordinated Christmas carols, like all kinds of stuff like that. I love it. It's really fun. How fun. Very that's fun. fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of what that sentence is, you know? It's yeah. like, you know, you said you're, a, you know, all about humor. and Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A big core part of who I am. Um, so being the performer and wanting to be famous uh, I've imagined a post going viral. That means like I made oh, it. Oh shit. And here's the irony of this. For. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like this is just divine comedy. God's like, oh, you want to be famous, do you? 
well, how would you like to be infamous? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so this post goes viral, but it was not a positive viral post, you could say, right? At least on the surface. Mm -hmm. And so it was being the focus of all that attention and in a way that was not like, oh, this guy's awesome or how funny and wonderful he is. It's like this guy, fuck him. (laughs) He's a plague rat. It was like all this just absurdity. And so it was very humbling. Mm -hmm. And from there, I decided to take a long break from online presence, social media, all that, and really stepped behind the scenes of my wife's business, which was, oh, it was like, oh, oh, I'm not the star. She's the star. And I'm just going to be doing all the things in the background that are not all that enjoyable, but are important and purposeful. Like she hadn't done her taxes in like three years. I'm putting her on blast right now. <laughs> Holy is, shit. You, I can relate yeah. to everything that you're saying right now. And okay. so I set up like payroll and finance and accounting and started actually, okay, what is our business doing? And how do we set ourselves up for success and all that kind of stuff? And so for a solid three to four months, that was my life. And, and there was all other tons of other implications. I was part of a men's group and my actions kind of compromised them as a whole and some individuals in the group. And so I stepped away from that group and that was a huge ego. Woo! Cause was a lot of cool guys. Of, it was, Oh yeah. It was guys that hats. Like, yes. A lot of nice hats. Yes. And it was guys that I respect, <laughs> admire. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was just so honored, even felt like a fraud or imposter. Like I shouldn't be a part of that group. And it all just came crumbling down. And the opportunity it gave me was, who am I actually? What do I actually care about? Like, what is deeper than all this surface level stuff? And in that season, I grounded in with who are now my core squad, community, family. It's a group of uh, couples that my wife and I are connected with that are all in on life together. And had I not had some of those experiences, I don't think I would have connected with these people in this way. Uh, And so many other amazing gifts. I feel just way more aligned and authentic with who I am and what I stand for. I have so much less fear about owning what I believe. Uh, every once in a while though, I'll, I'll do a post or something. I'm like, Ooh. It, it pokes at that wound. It's like, do I, am I ready for whatever might come my way in response to this? And so all I have to say, good medicine. <laughs> really good. And so how long did it take as all that stuff fell away? Like, and then you've come back together in this new way, you know, mm-hmm. Are you surprised by any of it? Because those those are all major ego hits. And the reason it relates to me is I've had those happen this year. You know, the mm-hmm. podcast network closed last year. Yep. The statesmen shut down their audio department. A lot of those were my identity mm-hmm. in many ways. And, and then I had to figure out some ways to make money. And I had to, you know, shelve some things that I thought were my dreams and like yeah. mine and when, you know, being the star, you know, it's Justin. And so I had to do things to support, had to, Mm -hmm. chose to, um, do things to support him. And it was, it was just not, that's not like where my heart is. Like, I want to be here behind a mic and, Uh you know, like, hi. And, (laughs) but actually I want to be in service to others, but this is my medium, my voice. And, so I can just really relate when you sort of go, all right, that is full surrender. Is that what you felt? Oh, yeah. I mean, because there's, uh, there's really, I don't know that there's any other word for it. When you take those ego hits and stuff, you just finally go like, okay, mm-hmm. what, what am I supposed to learn? I surrender. Yep. Yeah, that was more or less it in a nutshell. Do you and tell a lot of men that in your uh, coaching? Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think it's it's super important to have regular, it feels a little cliche to say ego deaths, but uh, maybe more on brand for me would be to say, chiggity check yourself before you riggity wreck yourself. Seriously. Like but check in. It's also like, I feel like sometimes it's, um, oh, I wanted to be a good coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then life is like, well, you better learn all this shit yep. in order to help somebody. And sometimes that's actually really great because then it can give you some perspective like, ah, you know what? There is a purpose to everything that I'm going through right now. And I am going to be able to serve someone else Absolutely. that's going through something hard. Yeah. I feel like I'm a way more effective coach, you know, I guess three-ish years later now than I was then. Oh, like I, I, I have no stuff, doubt. But... I have no doubt. And mm-hmm. how old are you? I'm 35. Oh, yeah. Mid-30s is a good, like, mm-hmm. you know, spot for growth and all that. So, yeah. yeah and I feel like you really come into who you are. Totally at least, agree. At least from what I've seen of other people in, in my own experience, you know. Yeah. I think so. that's spot on. I think for, for guys in particular, there's something that around 30 where I think a man is much more prepared. It's like a sweet spot for finding his forever person, his yeah. wife. Yeah. Uh, that was my experience. That's when I met Lex. Uh, met her on Facebook, funny enough. I There's didn't a fun story. know that. Oh, do you want, a, tell you want me. the story? Yeah, sure. Tell me. It's a good one. Okay, good. I'll give the somewhat abridged version. Okay. So yeah, it was. I guess I was 29, almost 30. Uh, was creeping her from afar on Facebook. I mean, I can't, you know, can't blame you. Hot, tatted up chick talking about sex. <laughs> okay, add friend. Sign me up. Let's, yeah. let's see what's going on here. <laughs> And, you know, for like six months, I was would like a post here, a little comment, a little something. And then it, it all kind of came to a head where I was being very public with a breakup that I was going through and she was doing the same. And we were watching each other as mm-hmm. this was happening. And I tuned into a Facebook Live that she was doing, uh, which is like not something I typically do, would like watch someone. I expect people to watch my shit, but I don't watch a lot of other people's <laughs> stuff. And she's so eloquent, cool, calm, collected as she's expressing this heartbreak and tears are streaming down her face. And I'm like, oh my goddess, this woman, whoo. So I sent her a voice note, Uh slid into them DMs and I began it with a little freestyle rap because that's, I do that Mm -hmm. from time to time. And the the first few lines are a little something like this. And she actually played this for our our wedding a few years ago. Uh, hey Alexa, I'm about to flex for you. I want to stand next to you. And then I said like a few other things, like so cheesy, but also awesome. And then I just led from the heart and told her, I think you seem really awesome and I would love to get to know you. And from there, trains of voice notes, a few FaceTime dates. I was living in San Diego. She was in New Orleans. A few weeks later, I flew out to meet her. I was working for Bulletproof at the time, nutrition, coffee mm-hmm. company, a lot of people know him for. And uh, I was national salesman and educator, so I'd bounce around the country. And I made the work excuse uh, to visit my territory of New Orleans, which I would never visit New Orleans <laughs> as a territory kind of trip. And that weekend, I, I knew I was falling in love with her. Just right away, I felt it. And so I told her that weekend. And the way I told her is really cute, too. So as I was leaving and we just had this beautiful weekend, I started fumbling over something I wanted to share. And it sounded a little something like this. So there's one last thing I have to share with you. Uh, and I just, before I say it, I want you to know that I have no expectation of reciprocity. I don't want you to feel like you have to say anything. I just, just receive, uh, because I'd be remiss if I left without saying this mm-hmm. big thing. And I'm, as I'm just like saying all these, this preamble, she cuts me off and says, I love you too. Oh my gosh. And then we made love in the parking lot. No, we didn't. No. That's, that's part of the joke <laughs> that I do. She loves it when I share mm-hmm. that. 
And then from there, it was like, okay, we're doing this. We're all in together. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. Well, Um, that is the abridged version, I can tell. But that is beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, did I guess, you know, when you met her, you probably saw the star that she is. Oh, yeah. This rising, appealing person. And... So I was, as I was thinking too, while you were talking, you know, in the last five, six years, I mm-hmm. guess it's been, you know, she's really built up a lot in her business and all that. And then you had this pause in your life. Yep. Well, it wasn't really a pause, but it ha- it was a moment when you were helping her. Yep. And so if, you know, how did you relate that with like the idea of superior man mm-hmm. and being in that supporting role. Yeah. You know, if someone's, I guess I'm just asking if someone was in that role, you know, what would you tell them? How did you come to grips with that? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is looking at life like seasons. Uh, I Agreed. Just, it's so, it feels very easy and in flow when I do that. Cause it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we just entered fall right now. Summer just ended. Mm-hmm. Things are falling away. We can make the meaning out of it and have fun with it. And, but everything's temporary. And so it was very clear that there was a seasonal shift that wanted to happen and I could resist. I could be angry about it or I could just surrender to it. Uh, and uh, every time I say, I think of the surrender experiment, the book by Mickey Singer, it's incredible. It's applicable to like my everyday life. I think about it and Mm -hmm. feel it. And, uh, and this was one of those. It was like, all right, I just get to surrender to this. Yeah. And, and again, I knew it would be temporary and I, really had faith that on the other side of it is a me that I'll be even more proud of, that I'll be uh, more confident and grounded in. And that was, that was like a couple months after Lex and I got engaged. So it also felt like it was part of the initiation of, all right, I'm going to be a husband and that's not a casual endeavor. I'm, and I'm doing this for life and we're going to have kids and I need to be willing to put my pride aside and do what needs to be done. Not necessarily what is my preference, but like what is best for the greater good of all. And it was just, again, very clear that that was what was best in that season. And then, and then I had an opportunity after that season, it was literally like a season of winter, funny enough that this all happened. Mm -hmm. It was, it was on new year's Eve that my post started going viral. I'm with my closest friends as I'm seeing this unfold. And it was like, okay, happy new year. It's going to be a doozy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in the spring I was, I guess you could say nominated by my close group of friends that I referenced to lead us in creating a festival retreat called mostly woke. And I felt like that was my, that was my next season where I got to step into being festival daddy and produce this amazing experience that helped instill a new level of confidence of who I am, my gifts as an MC and edutainer. Uh, and in a way that was even more authentic, grounded, mature, trustworthy, all that. And so I've just, I've been through enough of those rites of passage initiation experiences where I know on the other side of it, something really good and juicy is there for me. Are you ready to up-level your pleasure practice? I have in mind, and the main things that have helped me are the tools that I've found from wands. Wands creates luxurious products that encourage us all to honor our body, celebrate our sexuality, and live in pleasure. 
with more pleasure all the time. One of my favorites, if you listen to this show, then you probably already know, is the cervix wand. Wands has trademarked their number one best-selling glass pleasure wand. It's for vaginal and anal de-armoring, and it's designed for cervical and G-spot stimulation. And let me tell you, it's incredible. It's helped thousands of women become more connected to their bodies and their pleasure and supports them to heal pelvic pain through self-yoni massage and helps awaken more pleasure. Just recently, I've ordered the Venus Wand, another trademarked wand from Wands, and it's designed to activate and awaken the G-spot and more. Also, don't miss one of their new offerings, which are free bleed blankets that can be used as waterproof intimacy blankets. They have a beautiful selection now available. But take a look around at wands.com, that's W-A-A-N-D-S, because they have a huge selection of incredible items like yoni eggs, crystal pleasure wands in amethyst, black obsidian, anything that your heart desires, and so much more. Check them out at wands.com, that's W-A-A-N-D-S.com, and use my link in the show notes to get 10% off, or simply enter my code, Amy Edwards, at checkout. Again, that's W-A-A-N-D-S, wands.com. Y'all, I have started using higher dose products and I am such a fan. You know, I don't put anything on this podcast that I am not 100% completely behind. And I have a special discount code for you for all higher dose products. I'm so excited. If you don't know, Higher Dose is a wellness company. They have wellness tech products, they have tools, they have supplements, and they have body care. They have so many things that are hot right now, too, that are really biohacking and up-leveling our lives at home, which is really cool. They have an infrared sauna blanket. They have an infrared PEMF mat that I'm so excited to be sharing about soon. One of my favorites, though, is the red light face mask. It stimulates collagen, it activates glowing skin, reduces fine lines, regenerates cells, and it's soft. It's not like one of the hard plastic ones. So you can kind of move it around on your body, which I've been doing. And I am seeing amazing results. I am absolutely addicted to it. I use it every single night. And I'm using it in conjunction with one of their other products, the Glow Serum. And I'm very picky about what I put on my skin. And I am loving the Glow Serum. It's specially formulated to plump and hydrate and stimulate radiant skin, which that's the goal. They have a ton of other products too, magnesium ingestibles, magnesium body care, which has a healing oil and a serotonin soap that you can use in your bath, which I've been using too. It boosts your mood, enhances your skin and deepens your detox, gets you calmed down. Anyway, I'm a fan. So I'm so excited to offer you 15% off using my code MAGIC15. Go to the show notes. You can click through on the link right there. Or if you go to Higher Dose, just enter the code MAGIC15 and you'll get 15% off. Higher Dose has been featured in Goop, Glamour, Elle, Vogue, Bizarre, Allure, basically you name it. And there's a reason why. So go check it out. It's at higherdose.com and enter my code MAGIC15 for 15% off. I think that's the thing. You don't get down about it as much. Yep. Or maybe it's shorter lived because uh-huh. you're, you're quicker to get to that point of, oh, I know that this too shall pass, whatever it is, good, bad, whatever. Yeah, I felt like that too this last summer. Um, you know, I just, I did recognize that it was a season. But right at the beginning of the season, I didn't recognize it so much. We didn't travel at all this summer. We didn't, we had to save money and move into this house and, you know, just, at just work. It was just a season of work and it was, it's humbling, but that's a, that's a really good thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so 
I had to keep perspective because I had a couple breakdowns. Hmm. Did you? Breakdowns before the breakthrough. I've heard it said. Always. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Always. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And I loved what you said about the supportive role of husband because I think that that husband or partner, spouse, whatever, like that is part of it. And I think that's easy to forget sometimes Mm -hmm. rather than stepping into like this is an us thing and I'm here to support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt also, I knew that we wanted to have a family and we had had plenty of conversations around her becoming a mom and what that would look like and her wanting to be able to fully step into motherhood without the the pressure necessity of having to be boss babe as well. Mm-hmm. And so that played into the seasonality. It's like, okay, let's let you fully be the star because you're awesome. It's so clear that this is your time to shine and I want to enhance that to the best degree that I can. And at some point that will shift uh, and I'll get my, my time in the limelight, so to speak, and you'll get to be fully mom. And if you want to step back in or however that looks, great, we can support that. Uh, but this is what wants to happen now. Yeah. Or maybe you won't. I yeah. mean, like, that's one thing yes. that I've done. I've been like, mm, or maybe it won't. Or maybe maybe whatever's supposed to happen is just to happen. Whatever's supposed to happen is happening. And yeah. I'm like, the more I can just surrender to that, the more I can just breathe easy and be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's been, like, really coming up for me. And I, I think part of it, too, is, like, my age, because I am older. And so I've just sort of gone, like, Maybe I'm not. Hmm. Maybe I'm not going to, you know, take over the world like I thought I was going to. Uh-huh. But um, but maybe I am. I don't know. But I like just that letting go has been really instrumental for me. Hmm. I had a really good question for you. Um, let me think. We were talking about being partners. Oh, I wanted to ask about like how your goals shifted and then maybe what you tell your clients too, because I get the sense that as all that went on, perhaps you had a lot of goals. Cause when you're in those kind of groups, you know, the, the men's groups and whatever, it seems like there's always a big focus on like, mm-hmm. what are your goals? You know? And I've made like so many goal lists. I can't even count. There's probably one in this room somewhere. And, um, but like, I just have noticed that my goals shift and I suspect yours did too. Mm-hmm. And so what are those, what did those look like and what do they look like now? And then what do you tell your clients around that yeah oh let's see does that make sense that it, question? It, it does okay, good, for good, sure good, does good. i'm trying to determine where i want to start what i want to focus on i would say and this is a little bit of reiterating what i said before but i'll unpack it a little bit more i think the goal if i if i I wouldn't say that I've always been a super goal-oriented person. I have optimized for for fun in my life, mostly. Uh, And meaningful fun, certainly more in my more recent adult years. I was Uh, surprised to hear that, like working for Bulletproof and stuff mm -hmm. like that. That totally surprises me. So with Bulletproof, I was there in the early startup days Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was in my mid twenties. And so it was, it was really fun. It was exciting. It was, I was bouncing around. I was repping this new, cool, popular brand. Uh, I was going to a lot of events. I was uh, like Dave's right-hand man, Bulletproof Bro, going to masterminds that he was a part of and meeting the Tim Ferrises of the world and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was fun in that way. Mm-hmm. And because I was, you could say a face of the brand, I was, I was getting to 
live in like my skills and my gifts of being, you know, an educator, an edutainer, that kind of stuff. So it really was fun. Um, and then from there, I would say how, how my goals changed. Wanting to be famous was less appealing. This, this goal of like going viral and all that. Um, I had been, I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had been working on a comedy brand. Uh, my best bud is JP Sears. Imagine most people know who that yes. is. And so I was, I've been very inspired by his career. And so buddy and myself were, had a budding brand called kind of conscious. And we were just starting to get some good momentum for a few months when all this happened. And, uh, frankly it like scared him off. And so he kind of he was just not That's down. A shame. It was a shame. And I mean, if you can remember three years ago, it's, it's hard to sometimes, but just, it was intense back then. It was. It was and really I, I think that sort of thing had more weight back then. It Nowadays totally it's, did. it's sort of like, oh yeah, we've seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be over in a week. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and him and I have actually reconvened in this season, oh. uh, which is really cool. Yeah. I was just at his house before this doing some comedy stuff. So, and I feel like I'm I'm not, I'm no longer optimizing for fun as my North star. I'm optimizing for family, mm -hmm. uh, for making money. Whereas before it was like money just helps me have more fun. I don't really, uh, prioritize it in the sense of trying to make more and save or spend it wisely or inv invest any of that stuff. And I did not have those influences all at all growing up either. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so nowadays it's more like, okay, I respect money and I want to be a magnet for money and I want to create value and put things out there that are worthy of a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And back then I couldn't have said that I, I could receive, uh, to the degree that I felt like I was really putting out value. Whereas I feel exponentially more valuable nowadays because I feel just way more aligned, uh, grounded, the things I said before. And so now I, I would one of the things I'm optimizing for also is being a dad and having Lex be able to be a full-time mom, stay at home and me taking on the lion's share of being the protector and provider, which, yeah, I think theoretically I might've said I want to do that, but it was not something that was embodied. It was not in my body yet. Yeah. And that initiation helped reorient. That's a big shift for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And she's stepping into it. That's really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's beautiful and confronting because it's it's scary for me because mm -hmm. she has, we've, she's been reliable. She's been consistent. She has built this brand, this business, this um, ability to serve clients, bring in money, and. Mm -hmm. I've very much stepped into that as well. And I would say even more so in some ways in the past couple of years than her. Um, but still there's just a safety net with her that when she fully moves out of that, which it's happening kind of quickly, yeah. uh, I recognize the growth opportunity, but even still it's like, Ooh, that's, that's big responsibility. But again, it feels right. Call me old fashioned, but it feels good. No, that's that's great yeah yeah um and you know what there's so much time like there's so much yeah. so much time she she can come back to it 10 years down the road yep. or morph it into something completely different i mean like i've i speak from experience there's yeah plenty of time mm -hmm. and um when okay so that sounds like to me that you probably thought you had confidence before mm-hmm and now, you know, you as a confidence coach, 
Now it's like, oh, now oh, yeah. I understand this confidence in a whole mm-hmm. new way, which I always find interesting because then I wonder like, well, shit, five years from now, what am I going to feel? You know, mm-hmm. like, how's that going to grow? What's that going to feel? Am I going to look back at this version of me and go like, ha, <laughs> she thought she knew, you know, <laughs> you know, like, and so how, like, that's pretty interesting. And what do you teach men in order to grow that? Yeah. You know, it's a great question. It's very relevant because I just had my weekly call last night with my men's group called mm-hmm. Unstoppable. And which is on your link tree, very easy yep. to find. I'll have mm-hmm. it in the show notes too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's my brand of personal development, which is uh, super sincere, but not overly serious. It's very playful. You, you, you I know, was, right? Okay, good. Have you not gathered yeah. yet? Uh-huh. Uh, and so every call we have at least one. I hate one. too much seriousness. I'd Sorry. Say. It's like... And some people that is, that's just, you know, the more kind of stoic 70 year old state sage energy is like their, their brand, you know? Uh, and I guess respect. what a fucking snooze, man. I mean, <laughs> it's like, not my style. I guess respect, but don't you want to loosen up yeah. and laugh and like take life less seriously? Because my gosh, things are more fun when you yeah. take it less seriously. Okay, I'm, anyway, I'm pretty sorry. good at bringing Side... that part out of those people. <clears throat> I bet. I bet. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I tickle their bro bone. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's in there if yep. they just like, and yep. then they have a good time and loosen yep. up. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, there we are. So, okay, so, yeah. so anyway, your call last mm-hmm. night. Yeah, last yesterday. night. Okay. Uh, so it's every Tuesday night. I do at least one and sometimes two or a few notable rites of passage that we each do together. Mm-hmm. And so one example of what we just did last night is rejection therapy. And this was inspired by a TED Talk that was, I don't know, probably from five or so years ago that this guy did 100 days of what he called rejection therapy where he was asking for what he wanted without being doing his best not being attached to getting it. Okay. It's such a good TED Talk. Love it. The concept is brilliant. I don't, I don't think I've heard of it. Who it's is it? His Asian guy, and I'm going to give a generic name, but I actually think it's very close. It's like Zhang, something okay. like that. Um, okay, cool. And you know, he would ask for everything from like, like one of the ones I remember, he went to Krispy Kreme and asked them to make him a donut. Gia Jing, you're yeah, right. What right? I learned from there 100 Days of re- Rejection. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. So he went to Krispy Kreme and asked for uh, a donut, three donuts in the form of the Olympic Games symbol. You know, the three <laughs> yeah. rings together. Yeah. yeah, And so he would just, he would do everything from sort of silly, random stuff like that to really sincere, scary stuff. Um, you know, like asking for a raise at the job. And so it's, you can imagine a lot of ways this could be applicable. Yeah. And so what we did on the call last night is each of us live in front of everybody did this rejection therapy and asked for what we wanted from someone in our lives. Ooh. And so, you know, one example is like So that one was guy. the assignment over the last week or no, something? No, or you did it right then? We did it right then. So live like in texting front of people or something? Voice note. Voice note. Oh shit. Voice okay. note or video. Okay. And this is part of building the confidence too. Because most of the guys that I work with have never sent a voice note. It's just not, a, I think in our communities, it's fairly common, but it's not super common for your average person to okay. send a voice note. Okay. Texting is the thing, right? Yeah. Uh, even phone calls are a little, like when yeah. I get a phone call from somebody randomly, <laughs> initially thought I'd be a little offended or like, this motherfucker called me. Right I know. Now, you know? look at your phone. Give me the warning, you know, my calendar or whatever. <laughs> I know. But then you answer it and it's all great. But yeah. Like, I'm like, it's oh. a little old school in a I sense, get tired. Though. I'm like instantly tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And okay. so the personal touch of a voice note and flexing that muscle and leveraging technology to still be in a, a nuanced emotional connection and ex- yeah, more personal, more personal. 
Like yeah. you got tone in there. Text loses it a lo- lot the of The translation, <sighs> big yeah. time. And, and so live in front of everybody, because I have them be on desktops, they have their phone and they'll, they'll give a quick context of what they're going to send. And I give a, a, a great, like important, uh, clarification of what this can look like in some examples. And I go first to really show it and to open things up. What'd you do? Can you tell? Uh, well, I'll, I'm going to keep it generic. I sent a voice note to somebody who is famous. I guess I'll just leave it at that. And it was to connect with him in a way. And him and I have a little bit, we've had some history. I can't, I can't say, or I don't want to say, I guess, but he's very recognizable. I had to ask. ask. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it even, it comes back to the cancel culture stuff. I was, it was actually, he was affected by what I did in that season and it caused like a rift between us and we've repaired it, but nonetheless, we aren't active friends. Okay. And so I asked him for some like counsel, basically, and advice um, based on some things that have happened in my life that I know he's experienced. And I haven't talked to him in like a couple years. Mm-hmm. And so it was an edge for me to, to <laughs> send him this you. voice note. Good for you. Thank you. And so everybody did that. Whatever was relevant to them, whatever their edge was, mm. all 20 guys did this in front of one another. And we just went one by one. Whose heart's racing? Cool. Follow the heartbeat. You're up. <laughs> God, I'm like, yeah. what would mine be? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one example. Did anything happen? What do you mean? Did you get a reply? I haven't yet. This okay. is, you know, okay. not even 24 it was yesterday. hours. This yes. is yesterday. Okay. Like another guy asked for... Um, he wanted to bid on a house. So he put like a bid on a house and then on a voice note, you know, like opened up the conversation. So that's very confidence boosting in the sense of, and it's, it's important to say it's not a one-off, right? Like rejection therapy, it is ongoing therapy. It's becoming impervious to rejection because if I can practice, it's it's just practice. And it's like, Oh, getting rejected is not a bad thing. It's part of being courageous and asking for what I want and doing that enough. I just, I'm a, I'll get more of what I want, which will build me more confidence. And then I'll believe that I deserve it. And that asking for it is not only okay, but is a very good thing for everybody, not just myself. And then striking the balance and the, the art form of how to do it, when to do it, because, you know, perseverance, persistence, those are beautiful qualities, but I don't want to be a pest. You know, yeah. I don't want to be the guy that's always asking for stuff and then is like kind of annoying and nobody wants to be around. So we're, we're playing that game and finding that sweet spot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to die. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> like you're, everything's all right. You're mm-hmm. still going to like go to bed that night or yep. whatever. So, um, yeah, rejection, that's like in that book I was reading, that's like our big motivating factor yeah. for not doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like I know that when I drag my feet on stuff, let's say it's editing a podcast or posting about a podcast. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Like, which I love my podcasts and stuff, but sometimes I'll drag my feet on posting and I'll go, okay, why? Like why? And it's like, oh, I think a lot of times it just boils down to, oh, not posting is protecting me from thinking that people aren't interested. Yeah. And basically that's rejection, you know, rejecting me and rejecting my creative output. Mm-hmm. And so- Really, it's such a motivating factor when we get down to just the the, the very base of it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And that's, Agreed. But that's related to confidence because that's going to build up that confidence, right? So Absolutely. that's why it was on. That's why that came up about confidence, right? Yep. Yeah. So. And I'll give another huh. quick example that's in the same vein. So another rite of passage we'll do is I call it "Love Thy Neighbor." 
I have a lot of biblical influences, and so I like to inject that into my stuff. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were pastors of a charismatic church. Oh shit! My dad's I mean, sorry. an evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> through and through <laughs> my dad's trying to convert me every day still it's very to fun. what to christianity ah. to, to be what he calls a believer and to for me to be saved uh so anyway i have a lot of those influences and i love my call it religious heritage i think it's had i, I can appreciate that for a lot of people it had a very negative impact and i would say for me it had mostly a positive impact mm-hmm. um so love thy neighbor what that looks like is there's two ways to approach it the the easy way, if you will, is just sending a love bomb to somebody in your life. And so oftentimes it's maybe an uncle or a brother or a dad, a man in their life that they don't have that kind of relationship with, where they would send a voice note that's, hey dad, just thinking about you. I really appreciate you and I want you to know that I love you and I just have so much respect and admiration for you and it just feels really good to share that with you. Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. that could be an edge for a lot of guys. Yeah, it's just to, this fearless opening up and allowing, like, yeah. of course it is. I mean, how many men are, like, holding back their emotions and yeah. stuff? That's, like, such a cliche, but it's true. It is. Yeah. So that's one I way. I love that. And then the more edgy one mm-hmm. uh, for this love thy neighbor is what I call fun conditional love. So ah. fun conditional love is not always, it can be breaking a bone to reset it properly. Mm-hmm. So a clearing conversation. And so if there's somebody in their life and inevitably as I start to describe it, somebody pops into everybody's mind right away. Cause there's always somebody that's like, mm, I didn't leave things quite right. Or there's an open wound there. Something that just needs to be addressed and cleared. And so I'll have them send a voice note to somebody that's typically it's just opening up the doorway to have the live conversation. Um, because you know, a 60 second voice note trying to clear something completely without a dialogue is a tall order. Yeah. Um, so that's a great confidence booster too. It's like, I want so to the be fun courageous. Conditional, what is it? Well, it's, so I say fun, conditional love because unconditional love is not always a really pretty, beautiful, easy, I love you, dad, kind of thing. It might yeah. be a, hey, you did this thing or and or I did this thing. It's taking ownership and it's also, you know, calling someone up, if you will. Yeah. And I think that we need like it would be best if we like address this. That is very loving. Even though it doesn't necessarily feel good, it's unconditional. It's and I say fun conditional because I love to mess around with words. Mm-hmm. I like to use the word fun comfortable. Like how can I make something that's uncomfortable be fun because I know it's good for me and on the other side of it, it's a net positive for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. I gosh, I'm so pleased to think that nobody comes up in my mind. Like that's that great. Feels so good. I have more of that nowadays as well, which is good. Yeah. It just <laughs> means that it. you're living like pretty true and open I think you know like I I try to pay attention to those little moments when I'm not saying what I need to say or not addressing something that maybe even I did you know and I just try to own it in the moment and Mm -hmm. that's another habit that comes with doing it you know just like the rejection just like the thing and it builds that confidence and you're like again I'm not gonna die and they didn't reject me and everything's okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though I did something so super idiotic or whatever uh, it is, you know, like, yep. And uh, that's, that's nice. I have a cool little example. I'll just say quickly about please this do. because it's, it's present. This is your interview. <laughs> tell me all the examples you want. So when I was giving the example of this love thy neighbor in a clearing conversation, I sent a voice note to one of my best friends and I said, Hey man, I've had this on my heart. Uh, 
I've talked shit about you behind your back a handful <gasps> of times over the past year in particular. Woo! And, and I now, just maxed out my sound. Oh my it, God. It's important to know, and I said this to the guys both before and after in, in various ways. Of, I have chills. Yeah. That was bold. Because I so could have never going. told him and he would have never known. Of course. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't like I was like, this fucking guy, oh, he sucks or like what? It wasn't that kind of, it was much more, I guess you could say palatable, but He's one of my best friends. Like and I was how? not speaking like super how? highly of him. I was, I was, I was feeding into somebody else talking about what they don't like about him, and I was like affirming that, and I was even like going there and agreeing. And that's not to say that some of the things that were being said I didn't agree with in some way, but I felt out of integrity in my system, in my heart, in my body with what I was saying and my relationship with him. And it's like if I believe those wow, things, yeah. then I get to say that to him. In yeah. a way that is loving, connective, and he gets a say in it, and we can have a dialogue around it. And so, and I think this is the more ah. like deep, ruthless integrity that a lot of people won't necessarily go to. And so I sent him this voice note and said, Hey, man, I was talking shit about you. Doesn't feel good. I love you. I care about you. I have so much respect and reverence for you. And me doing that just feels really out of integrity. And I want you to know that I'm sorry. And if you want to talk about it, I'm super open to that. And if you don't, and you, this is just kind of enough, uh, then that's fine too. And because I know him and he's playing the same game as me in this life of like wanting to be better, owning our shit, having the highest levels of connection that we can fathom, I knew that he could receive that and it wouldn't ruin our friendship. I knew that it might cause something, a, a fun, comfortable conversation, and it did. But on the other side of it, we're more connected and we got to laugh about it. And it was a really good, beautiful, positive thing. And he's in that growth mindset. Exactly. I mean, I think sometimes you knew that that's what you were dealing with. Yes. And so I think that probably there's a know your audience for that. Absolutely. Because I think <laughs> that, you know, some people just flat out would might cut you off or something. Yeah, like, and so you. you can internally, I do believe that you can internally let that go. I think there's like a, there's like a, a thing that you can do where you can just say, you know, sorry as a prayer sometimes. You, the Hakapuna like, Uno. Yeah, Hawaiian it prayer. is. I yeah. butchered that. It's um, the, uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Oh, Pono Pono. Something yeah, like, something yeah. like that. It's so good. I uh, love that. Can't, my brain's been full since <laughs> moving. So yes. Ho'okono uh, Pono. Fuck. You anyway, almost had it. Yeah, I did almost <laughs> have it. Yeah, it is. It's it's in there. And um, so if it's somebody that you didn't want to talk to that maybe you've been speaking ill of and stuff, you know, like, yep. but that's a really good one. Mm -hmm. And one disclaimer I give for this one too, a really important one is you are not sending anything to a previous partner. That's off limits. What do you mean? So a lot of times what comes up for men, this may or may not be the same for women, is how they wronged a previous partner, how they didn't show up or just, yeah, what they did in a relationship that they don't feel good about. And so one of the really important aspects to this is we're not doing this from a self-serving place. And Oftentimes, I would say even more often than not, my personal experience and what I've seen in others in this context is I'm going to reach out to a previous partner because I have, call it unfinished business, or I just feel regret, I feel remorse, and I want to express that. And what's underneath that is I want to be forgiven. I want to be released of this guilt or something like that. And that's not fair. She didn't ask for that. 
It's potentially opening something up for her. And when we're getting into romantic relationships and breakups and that kind of history, it's that's that's a lot to navigate. Yeah, yeah. And to open that up without their consent is just, it's something that I'm unwilling to condone in the context of my container in this men's group. Now, I always encourage the guys, hey, if you want to have a conversation with me offline mm-hmm. with more of the aspects to this, and like, I'm happy to give you some counsel in that regard, but this is not the container to do that. Yeah, and there's also like this, like addressing letting go of expectations of how it's received because you're thinking that that person's going to forgive you and you're going to be able to say the thing. And you know what? Maybe they aren't going to forgive you. Maybe they don't want to forgive you. You know, like I had someone call me and say sorry once and he, from a past relationship, and um, I said, good, glad you said that, whatever. But I think he wanted more of a conversation around Uh it and I was not... That's not at all what I was interested in. And it's kind of like what you're talking about. Like even, even with your friend, you know, I think that there's a, a a sort of, you have to recognize like, am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for someone else? Because like, if you're just unburdening yourself in some way, that's not, that's not all what it's about. It's just what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Mutually beneficial. It's having the discernment of intention versus impact, which, oh, that's a tough one to navigate. It really is. Mm -hmm. How do you figure that out always? I was hoping you could tell me. Oh, well, maybe I can. <laughs> it's a Let lifelong it a journey. Thought. I yeah. just, more reps and I, it yeah, gets more messy. Reps, more reps. Uh-huh. And, and I take a moment and I love the word discernment. I think it just packs a I punch. It's, there's just a stewardship implied there that mm-hmm. I think is so, it's just a high calling. And so once upon a time, I, as I started this conscious path, if you will, I started to become really clear of my intentions. Is this the official yes, conscious it is. Path? Yes, uh-huh. okay. yeah. uh, So I was very, I started to become more aware of my intentions and was trying to be pure with them. But then I started to notice that, oh, there's another level to this. What is going to be the impact potentially? Because I might have these great intentions, but if I'm not trying to do my best and not overthinking it. I don't want to get in the paralysis analysis because mm-hmm. that can just be, ugh, that's a, that's a tough one to stay in. But yeah, I want to discern what might be the impact. And so with a previous partner, the impact might be, it opens up a wound for them that they, again, didn't consent to. And it opens up a dialogue between us that actually leaves things maybe worse in some ways. Um, or maybe it's just really not even appropriate the moment passed if there was a moment. Right. I'm married, kids, like, you know, there's just a lot of things to consider. Uh, and so that's where something like the Hawaiian prayer comes into play. It's like, you know, what's probably best here is for me to just forgive myself, to send them loving energy from afar, write a note that I'll never send them. This, that's something that I have my guys do often is write a letter that whether it's to a previous partner or just anyone in their life, it's such a great practice to get your thoughts, my thoughts, feelings on paper without having the pressure or expectation that I'll actually send this. And no holds bars, just say whatever feels true and important. Uh, and then maybe I determine, oh, that was it. That feels good. I can release it, do a, you know, put it in the fire, burn it kind of ceremony. Uh, or I might say, you know, I feel like I do want to send this. I'm going to uh, rework it and make it even more of what I want to communicate. And then I'm going to give it to them. Yeah. So there's options. Oh, that's so well said. So well said, because like, that's what I've had to do too. just yeah. be like, Oh, why don't I just take the steps to let this go myself? You know, I think, I think if we really sit with it, you can discern, do I need to offer an apology for I think this? So too. Do I need to step up in some way and make it right? Or 
is this something that I really have to let go? And most likely in those love relationships, it's something that you have to let go. Yeah. Like it really, it has been for me because I left two marriages and all, all the I'm sorry I had to do it in the world is not going to change the fact that my first husband really does not like me. Yeah. And, you know, and like, I just have had to let that go yeah. and just, and, and sit in like, I'm still a, good person. Yeah. That's you know? good. Yes. It's important. It, it really is. It's mm-hmm. been, it's been a very interesting road in that regard. And, um, ah, oh God, I had something else. Um, anyway, I just, uh, that's been a big learning experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend that, um, that stepped up and apologized to me and it surprised me out of the blue. And it was funny because, I suppose if you're feeling like the injured party, it came at a time when I had really, truly let it go, mm. you know? So sometimes that's where it aligns too. So on the, I guess the flip of that coin, like for me, she and I had just had a falling out and I was very hurt and it was like a divorce. It was like a, a grieving and it took me a lot of years to get over it. I was so sad. And then suddenly I, I just really did the work. You know what? I just did the work for myself mm-hmm. to really let it go, to wish her well, to really truly mean it, to not bear any ill will about it. And, and it took me, I had to, you know, I had to do the work. Like I had to get it out in some ways and things like that. But I did. And I, it was me striving to be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess I'm just addressing the flip of this. And like then that was when suddenly now we're good friends again. And, you know, just like you with, with your thing, with those, with your post and, Mm -hmm. and all those people that were involved or ancillarily involved, Mm -hmm. if that's a word. And, you know, when we do the work on ourselves, then suddenly things happen where it, it all gets better. Yeah. And I, resentment starts to fall away. Oh, that's such a, a that's a great point. Yes. Resentment. Like I. I don't, I feel very little, if any resentment toward the the people that had all the things to say about my post or like even people in my past that I felt wronged me in certain ways. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, humans, human experience <laughs> oh, were humans. imperfect. That's okay. It's part of the experience and process. It sure is. Mm-hmm. And so that is, I mean, you said intimacy and confidence. And I think it's interesting that you chose those two mm-hmm. particular things because, um, I guess I wouldn't think they're as related, you know yeah. what I mean? Confidence seems almost removed from in- intimacy sometimes, mm-hmm. but actually the way you're phrasing it, it is crucial because you are not worried about the rejection that you might feel by revealing something intimate about yourself. Well said. And I just came up with that. It's great. Just, it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And in the content intimacy, obviously that there's a lot to intimacy. The what's implied there and what the work that I mostly do in the realm of intimacy is romantic intimacy is with, mm-hmm. you know, a, a partner. Um, and the more confident I become as a man, the more confident that guys I work with become as a man the better they are for their partner, the more their partner trusts them, the more their partner is attracted to them, all those kinds of things. So they're, they're very intertwined in many ways. Um, yeah. And so that's the other component that I more explicitly focus on when I work with guys too, is certainly intimacy, romance, 
uh, conscious kink, BDSM, polarity, all that kind of stuff. So if you're moving into this next phase of life as a father and all that, how does that look for you and Alexa? Yeah. You know, like, because that's been such a focus of your education, mm-hmm. your, your educate. Yes. <laughs> I like You're that teaching. one. I'll put that one in the bio too. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're in the middle of that inquiry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know because my kids, man, like they see the stuff that I put out and mm-hmm. I'm really open, but I got, you know, there's this line you want to walk. You want to be respectful to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like we encountered this eighth grade boy the other day at the eighth grade graduation a few months I back. Like where this is going. Oh, God. <laughs> and he looked at me. Gigi barely knows him or whatever, but he looked at me and he was like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, oh, my God. And I looked at her and I was like, I need to watch my posting, huh? And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, I don't know. You know, like, and like one day I did post something and, um, it was on TikTok and she was like, mom, t- you have to take that down. My friends follow you. And you know what? I just did. I didn't even ask any questions. I was like, you know what? She doesn't ask that unless she means it. And yeah. so I did. And like, it's just, a, it's just an interesting thing. But the, I mean, they're going to look back on your stuff and be like, wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And most of the time they're not interested, which is great. Yeah. I don't know, if you know that. But most <laughs> of the time, completely not interested. I've heard similar sentiments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, my wife is that sex chick. You right. Know, that's her podcast, <laughs> that's, her that's moniker. Her brand, that's uh-huh. it's everything. And <laughs> and mine I changed it earlier this year was conscious bro. And I felt like I grew out of that season. I that's still very much a part of me is this conscious bro persona. Oh yeah. Uh, but I it totally also felt forgot. like yeah. It mm-hmm. also felt like I was ready to retire that jersey and yeah. move on to the next phase of my evolution. I would say Lex is in that as well. Uh, we don't know like She's taking a little pause from the podcast and that a lot of it has to do with just what has happened in our lives. Yes. Um, we've had a couple of challenging miscarriages this year. One was early. One was a preterm premature labor experience, which was really intense just a couple of months ago. Yeah. And so trying if to people want to catch up on that, it is on your Instagram yep. so they can go there and, uh, yeah. and catch up on what happened. And it's uh, my, just my heart is with you guys. Like I've followed that really closely and just, Sent you so much love. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. What a thing to go through. Yeah. And trying to continue the business of talking about sex and, and all that is just, it's felt weird, you know, for her. And that's not to say that it's completely out of alignment, but it's not in alignment with this season. But it's not in alignment. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not in alignment with this season. That's yeah. right. And you know what? We got to grow. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it is. That's it is. It, it just like is. really is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Her not posting for a little while or pausing the podcast. It it feels it's challenging. It's a little weird, but it's also like it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I am who I am, and that is ever evolving and changing. And these parts of me are not all of me, and they'll continue to be a part of who I am and my story and what that evolves into. It's. I'd much rather be just an open vessel to that and surrender to it. Like we were talking about yeah. earlier, instead of being just dogmatic that like, well, but I've built my persona and my business is this. I definitely went through that with the conscious bro stuff. I was like, but I love being the conscious bro. I even get recognized sometimes. Oh, you're a conscious bro on Instagram. I am cool. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And that was a previous version of me that I don't resonate with in that way anymore. Well, it's part of that thing that you were talking about at the very beginning too, which is doing the things that you want to be liked. 
you know? And so that's like, oh, well, I better stay with this or people aren't going to like me doing what's really in my heart and moving this new direction, Mm -hmm. which opens me up, you know, which I'm all about reinvention. I'm all about like, how can we grow? What can we do that's new, that pushes us? That's what keeps us youthful. That's what keeps us young. That's what keeps us vibrant. You know, it's, it's pushing ourselves in those directions and accepting like, I'm going to change and that's okay. You know, like look at Madonna, like just, well, maybe not right now, but um, (laughs) over the years, you know, she's been such a, like a icon of that and harbinger you know for everybody and that's that's what we want you want to be able to reinvent yourself and grow and and do something that speaks to your soul yeah yeah so if it doesn't speak to your soul then grow grow on yep ah grow on you i like that, that? i, do I like thought that. you might mm-hmm. i thought you might all right well we are at uh like wow like exactly an hour right now And so is there anything that we didn't get to that you really wanted to talk about today or maybe something that even came up while we were talking that you would like to address or anything that you just want to say as we, as we start to move toward wrapping up? Um, maybe I'll just quickly double click on the men's work stuff and the rites of passage and initiations. I was in a fraternity in college. Which uh, one? At San Diego State, I was a Sigma Chi. I am a Sigma Chi. Sigma Chi. I was a Chi Omega ah, at SMU. Yes. Yes. I, me and Sydney, me a few of them. we went to visit San Diego. I think it was San Diego State. Yeah. yeah. It was really pretty. It wasn't, a, it was like pushed back a little bit from yeah. like, yeah. It's like 15 minutes from yeah. the beach. Yeah, yeah. It's like in a kind of a little bit of a weird part of San Diego, yeah. but a beautiful campus. It was beautiful. I we toured it. it. Yeah. I had so much fun. Greek life is huge there. I was a total frat star. Like I, I loved it. That's where I was exposed to these rites of passage, brotherhood. And certainly there's the shadow and there's the cliche stereotypes of fraternity and Greek life. And there's plenty of truth to that. Um, but I really grew and thrived in that atmosphere and it served me really well in the work that I do today, uh, where it was challenging. And we did these really beautiful, sacred rituals and rites of passage. And I found after that, there aren't a lot of them unless I seek them out and or create them. And so mm. my encouragement to men is make it a part of your life's work and consistent practice to intentionally seek out those. I like to do, and some of this is also influenced by David Data, Way of Superior Man, where it's like every quarter roughly, so every three months, every season, if you will, yeah. I like to do a bit of a reset where I do something really hard with other men. And so I have one of my best friends, Monsel Denton. He has sacred I hunting. Know, you, I figured you probably did. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm actually going hunting with him in like a month. And I do that usually a couple to few or so times a year. Mm-hmm. I have another buddy that does these soul searching adventures, which are men's backpacking trips. We went to Peru like a, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I lead men's experiences as well. And so it's, it's something that I find is such an important staple to my growth, to my growth, as I like to say. So, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so just a strong encouragement for men to make that something that is a consistent part of their life because the, the fruits of that labor are spiritual AF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about women? I, I think it's the same for women, just different. It's the yeah. same basic 
experience. Like my wife has her women's group Mm -hmm. that both that she leads and that she's a part of. And every quarter, I think for men, it's, it tends to be a bit more of like this, something that's a little bit more grimy, gritty, challenging. That's like being out in nature. It's really physically uncomfortable. It's physically taxing. And it's not to say that that can't be a part of it for women as well, but I think it, it just, doesn't have to be in the same way that I think it has to be in a sense for men. I don't want to do the same things <laughs> totally. Justin does. No. Yeah. So yeah. I get it, but I was just curious what your mm-hmm. answer was to that. So, well, cool. Yes. Well, tell everyone how they can reach out to you. Maybe mm-hmm. they're interested in joining one of your men's groups or something like that. Yeah. Instagram is where I most play. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Bowditch, B-O-W-D-I-T-C-H. Oh shit. Bowditch. I said Bo. Everyone <gasps> says Bowditch. It's Bow? Don't worry. At little Amy, every people that are close friends still say it, and it's Bow. It's I got bow. it now. My it's so much so that my dad, his name is <laughs> Bo. He says it wrong. It's no. Bo Bowditch, <laughs> but his actual name is not Bo. When he was like a teenager, everybody called him Bowditch. Oh yes. my god! So his real name's Alan, but his like legal name that he changes to when he's you know seventy eight years old is Bo Bowditch because of Bowditch. <laughs> so don't feel too bad about okay. it. Okay. Bad. Yes. Bowditch. So Got Jordan it. Jordan Bowditch, J-O-R-D-A-N, uh-huh. last name Bowditch, Bowditch. Uh, Got it. And that's, yeah, you can find all the things there, the men's groups, the retreats, and other things I'm up to. Yes, and it'll also be in the show notes so people can reach out, whatever they want to do, all clickable stuff right yeah. there. So thank you so much, and please tell your beautiful wife hello from I will. me and all the listeners. We have a great episode with her from a while back when I was at the podcast network, and um, it's fantastic, still holds up every bit of it. So yeah, yeah, I encourage people to listen to that too, because I know you're mentioned in it. So Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Me too. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to develop this new studio and uh, see, see what happens. I'm very excited. And just, I love you so much. Of course, all the things, if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, please do. It keeps you up to date every single week with what's going on. Well, as long as I send it out. So (laughs) usually, usually. And of course, you can follow me at Real Amy Edwards on Instagram or The Magic Babe on TikTok. And I am expanding my YouTube now that I'm in this new space. So I'm super duper excited. It's an Amy Edwards show on YouTube. I'm going to be posting uh, twice a week besides the podcast. So, uh, I'm super excited to grow that and keep doing best you with Amy. So check me out there and I love you so much. Reach out anytime you can comment on, uh, Spotify or just DM me. I'm pretty responsive and available. You can respond to my newsletter. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to our guest, Jordan Bowditch. Hello. You hear that? (laughs) (laughs) And I love you till next time. This has been the Amy Edwards Show from Overcome Studios. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. Sign up for our newsletter at amyedwards.com.